Hey everyone, welcome to Two Brothers Review, the podcast. Today we'll be discussing the movie American Made. We're two brothers who see a lot of movies and wanted to share our thoughts on new releases as well as classic movies on a podcast. Uh, my name's Ty and I live in New York. Uh, I love movies. I love going to movies with Reed and talking about them with him. Uh, I also kind of make movies. Hey, and I'm Reed Turley. I live in San Francisco and probably see a movie a week and decided a podcast was the only legitimate way to justify that kind of lifestyle. In the podcast, we're going to give overall impressions of the movie that we're talking about that week. And then we're going to go into specifics around the plot, the cinematography, the actors, maybe the director. Uh, there will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie... You may want to see it before you listen to this podcast. Great. And before we jump into American Made, we'll hit our um, movie review section where we'll share a favorite movie from a different genre each week. Uh, this week we're going to share our favorite action movies. Ty, go for How about you go first? Uh, my favorite action movie I know is a very popular one, so I feel like I'm not uh, going to blow anyone's mind here, but I really love The Dark Knight. It's one of the movies that I can watch over and over again. Uh, and always get something new out of it. I love the the shots. Uh, Heath Ledger obviously is quite an amazing performance, and I feel like also it's just a really tightly wound movie that that springs forward uh, all throughout it. Nice. Uh, my favorite action movie is The Bourne Supremacy, the second Jason Bourne movie. Um, I think it does a great job. Oh, the one, with oh, the one, a couple of the different... Oh, the one that starts in Goa? Uh, if Goa's in India, then yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> then yes. Uh, yeah, I love the Mercedes G-Class chase scene at the end in Russia. Um, I think a couple of the other fight scenes are really awesome with Jason Bourne. Is that also the one where he... Uh, is, is he He's in like an ultra-modernist house... In Denmark or something or Belgium, it's a gr- <laughs> there's a scene in a, a hand-to-hand combat house in Germany where he like rolls up a magazine and fights a guy. Yeah, that's a sick scene. Is it in that movie? It's pretty good. It is that movie. Yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> cool. Hope you guys check those out if you haven't seen them. Um, those are two huge movies, so you've probably seen both of those. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way you're listening to a movie podcast and you haven't seen those movies. Yeah. Uh, still, feel, they're, I, they're our favorites. I feel kind of bad about mine. I feel like it's everyone's favorite, but oh well. Alright, uh, let's talk about American Made. Um, I think first we'll just work, kind of go through general thoughts. How'd you feel about uh, this movie? Oh, well, I got out of it and I just was not very happy I would say I mean it was really it was too it was very pretentious I would I would say and I didn't like that and I I have a really hard time with Tom Cruise usually so um, I was hoping that this would be an exception to that but it was not I think I texted you I'm over Tom Cruise after this movie and you texted me ugh after you saw this movie. So, I think a general 
overall feelings, that's how it was. Um, I, I think one of the, how good I can't believe how good a reviews it's gotten. Right. I saw I saw the score today when I was looking up its IMDb page, and I, I was so surprised. Um, I mean, a couple of things just kind of that really stuck out to me throughout the movie was it felt like it really changed the kind of focus or quality of the shot. And not just when it was showing like news clips or, you know, things outside of where Tom Cruise was interacting. Even shots of Tom Cruise, I feel like sometimes would get really grainy. Uh, and not just when he was recording in his hotel room. I just think throughout the movie, it kind of changed in the cinematography. And that, it just bothered me. Yeah, that's some of the pretense. It's, they, had, they have some kind of concept, high concept, that they're trying to do, I think. I'm, I'm giving them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here. But it was just so weird and so weirdly executed that, you know, it wasn't discernible what the pattern was. And I just think it, it lost its meaning, therefore. Him recording the video and um, that video journal that he makes, it comes, I feel like the first one comes in so late that it, it hasn't, it's too late for it to establish it as the motif for the film. It just really bothered me how late the first one was. It, it, if that's the framing device that they're using, that, that should have been there from the beginning or or earlier than it was. And I would have loved to see in the credits the actual guy doing that recording. Like, where's the real footage of that? It Does, it, does that exist? If this is based on true story, I feel like there needs to be... The, like that, I love that side-by-side picture at the end of the actor and the person they were supposed mm-hmm. to be portraying whenever it's a based on real real life movie I didn't get any of that for this it's so satisfying <laughs> when it happens yeah. okay but but at the very end of the credits there was a line in the credits that said yes we know that's not El Salvador well that was in the movie right didn't they say didn't they make that joke in the middle of the movie like this is Nicaragua oh wait no this is Nicaragua did they? On, on a map in the movie when they were doing the... like, I, I think they did make that joke where they're trying to go through I assume it that they way. did. I'm, I'm sure they did. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. I just don't remember it. And so I, I thought that was a funny line to put in the credits. That was the funniest thing in the movie for me. And I didn't even get it. <laughs> uh, all right. What was your uh, Google question? coming out of this movie or what what did you look up first around around american made i was looking for like a good restaurant nearby the theater (laughs) just nothing about this movie intrigued you enough to ask a question nothing i i mean i'm mildly interested in the real story but i didn't not enough to google it and i i was just annoyed so i didn't want to i didn't want to think about it anymore That's, that's good i hope you found something delicious to take your mind off of american made guacamole tacos oh keeping it with the theme i guess south america what uh did you have questions going out of the movie i just looked up um other things that his wife had been in because i guess first of all she's way younger than him and it just it was so obvious in this movie that they were of very different ages and that bothered me um and she's not really been in other stuff that I'd seen or watched, so she's not an actress I was familiar with. So, okay. uh, I, I also don't know her at all. Let's talk about some of the actors that we do know. Um, 
you mentioned you have a interesting relationship with Tom Cruise. Do you want to get into that a little bit here? <laughs> you too. Uh, also, it makes it sound like we dated. Um, no, I just I really have I have a hard time with Tom Cruise in movies. I, I he's annoying. He's I I think a lot of it's from knowing how controlling he is about his image and how he wants to come off in a certain way and that just bothers me it seems kind of inauthentic or it's the epitome of a of a movie star mentality he's the the movie and the role are subservient to him not the other way around and i think that attitude comes across i don't know uh in your mind what is the i guess like the epitome cruise movie what's his, what's the best one he's made I'll let you think about it. I know I know what mine is. It's Mission Impossible 1. I think it's not overblown, but it's still just kind of, I think, great. And he's you know charming in it when he switches the disc and he's playing around. And then it was the disc he threw away was the disc that had the knock list on it. It's for those real Mission Impossible heads out there. <laughs> is that the one where he has a fake face? That's the second one. Or oh, no, okay. at the end of the maybe all of them involve a fake yeah, face. I think, I think it's like a running gag, isn't it? I, <laughs> at I this point, know. it definitely is. Um, he looks uh, me a little bit on the running on the fake face. Yeah, I think he he does play John Voight, or he has a John Voight mask somehow. Yeah, and it's, it's like John Voight plays him with his with the mask on. <laughs> okay, but still great cruise. That's my top top shelf cruise right there. I don't know. I mean, I remember liking Top Gun. I remember liking uh, Cherry Maguire. I remember liking. I love. I liked. I think I liked Live Die Repeat. I thought it was a clever uh, plot. But what's the one where he's where he ends up in New Orleans with his daughter that's estranged from him? Oh, Jack Reacher. <laughs> oh man. I mean, do you remember seeing that movie in uh, Moab, Utah? We'd been camping and decided to go to a movie. Went to a very small theater. Uh, There's not very many options, and we watched that one, and it was, uh, I would say, poorly received. <laughs> That's the second Jack Reacher, just to be clear yeah. to our audience, right? Yeah, the second one. <laughs> yeah. You never you never get those hours back in Moab. Um, and then, I mean, other, I guess we talked a little bit about, uh, his, the actress who played his wife, Sarah Wright, um, Donald Gleason's in this movie, uh, with who's been in a lot of things lately. Um, how did you feel about the CIA agent, uh, Schaefer? Uh, I, I just think it didn't, it, the movie didn't explain well enough what he was doing and why he was doing it. And I think, again, I think they thought they were being cute about it or being mysterious or being like clever because he's with the CIA therefore all of his lines are going to have double meanings and be vague but for me it was just it missed any emotional impact or real relationship between him and the guy it just seemed like he always knew so many more things than Tom Cruise or just had more information and that's maybe that's what the CIA is like but yeah it just felt like he you know always had the whole picture and never explained how he had that or kind of where all that information was coming from. I agree. There's not very much info, not very much time spent around him outside of his interactions with Tom Cruise. 
Except I did like the scene where he's handing out the burn bags and just, you know, getting ready to destroy any evidence of uh, Cruz's character. It was kind of an interesting look at that life in the CIA. Okay, but did you think his acting was good in that scene? It was okay, I guess. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like it was effective. He you know, was forceful. Yeah, that was good. Did you see Mother? Uh, no, I have not seen Mother. He's in Mother. <laughs> so that tarnishes him a little bit, too. Okay, okay. Uh, but have you seen Star Wars? He's pretty good in Star Wars. <laughs> um, he is. He's frightening in Star Wars. That's yeah, true. it's very intense. He's ter- yeah, he's terrifying. Uh, I Actually, yeah, that's true. I really liked him in Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, very effective in Ex Machina as well. It's kind of trying to explore his humanity in that movie. I think that one's very interesting. Yeah, that's a great movie. And you don't really spend too much time with any other of the characters in this movie. Um, I guess I just want to say the brother, JB, Caleb Caleb Jones is the actor. Um, He's got that sunken, drug addict look down. Uh, but I just do not like him as a, as an actor, or maybe also the ki- as the character. Yeah, it's very deep. This dislike I have for Caleb Landry Jones—that's totally unfounded. But do you know him from other stuff? I've seen him in one other movie, a really small Michael Pena police movie. Something about Watch? No, not End of Watch. End. It came out more recently on Amazon, I think, with him and. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård they're two detectives Caleb Jones is one of the kind of people they hunt down but he's just very he's very weird in that movie as well but almost the same type of character yeah does does that mean you felt good when his uh, when he met his end oh yeah I was like this cartel's not messing around I thought I thought it was too I mean just it's too crazy that your brother-in-law gets blown up and that's the reaction I mean you Tom Cruise's character must have really hated his brother-in-law because that he was so nonchalant about that. Yeah, you never see you never see the impact on the sister. I don't know. Again, just disconnected, not real emotions. Did you think Tom Cruise was going to be able to find a way out of this problem? I mean, he kept you know getting bailed out by you know the White House or the CIA. At what point in the movie did you realize he was not going to be fine at the end? I mean, I think I assumed because it was a Hollywood movie he would be okay. Up until... I think, well, definitely when he kills the... When he, when they blow up the brother, you realize they're super serious. Yeah, again, like, if that photo that was put on TV really was his death warrant, the reaction would have been bigger. He, again, seemed so nonchalant about that. And they make it a joke... Like him, uh, him asking kids and old people to move away from his car whenever he starts it. It's like a game, a joke, totally a joke. Yeah. So it just doesn't make you feel like it's super serious. Yeah, I think for me it was kind of once he was like, oh, I go to the same place every day, had to go there for 100 days. It's just like if you're going to make it away from a cartel hit, hit squad, you can't be going to the same place every day. You got to be moving around, cash only. So I think, yeah, that wasn't much much of a chance for him after that. True. I think that's good with the actors. Let's talk a little bit about the director, Doug Lyman. Just found out, I had no idea, that 
Uh, he's a producer on the Bourne movies and Edge of Tomorrow, so he's worked with crews before and uh, you know been around kind of those high action movies. I don't know. How do you feel like he did in this, you know, with this effort? He just directed. He didn't write or edit. The editing was super weird. And, I mean, obviously intentionally so, but the really fast cuts to make it seem like you're, I don't know, moving through time fast or stream of conscience. I didn't mind it so much. I thought it was formally kind of interesting, but it, it was jarring and, and ended up, I think, in the end not really helping the whole movie for me. But um, I, I would say just the, the uneven flow of the movie makes me think the director didn't do a great job. The disconnect. I don't know how much is that his, of that is his fault and how much is the script's fault. But Yeah, I'll be interested to see what he does um, coming up. Looks like he's going to be making a sequel to Live, Die, Repeat. I think it'll, it'll probably be good. That's you know, obviously, Tom Cruise trusts him to work with him. Seems seems like the most redundant sequel ever. <laughs> uh, the names live, die, repeat, and repeat. <laughs> no. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> I think so. That's what IMDb says. Oh, gosh. Pretty solid. Uh, I think that whole franchise has had some naming issues. <laughs> So, well, maybe this one they'll figure it out eventually. All right, do you feel like there's anything we didn't um, cover from this movie, likes or dislikes, you want to make sure we review around American Made? I don't know. Are we impressed by the social commentary? I don't know. I mean, it just makes the point really strongly that the war on drugs was hypocritical and stupid, which probably was true. I don't know a whole lot about it, but... uh, the, sh- the cutaways to the Reagans being hypocritical, I think, was... It felt a little bit polemic to me. All right, let's talk about ratings uh, coming out of this movie. Uh, I felt, out of, you know, out of five, I'd put it at a two. You know, I thought there were some interesting parts, but I would not recommend this to people, and I'm never going to watch it again. Oh, I'd give it a one for sure, so... It gets the lowest rating I can give. Huh. Okay. I just am imagining in the future a movie that's worse than this. And then what happens? <laughs> it's always a truncated measurement, so... Fair enough. <laughs> oh, I wanted to say also that um, it felt to me like he was trying to copy the big short. I remember feeling that when I was in it. Where, you know, the jolting style changes and the... Um, away to commentary sort of in the movie mm-hmm. it felt very much like a trend like it was following a trend in current cinema to try to be in that style yeah maybe he's trying to get that award like uh the big short did i don't think it's gonna happen though what award uh the big short won the writing awards for you know best adapted screenplay and the academy award and the golden globes so I guess not for not for directing, but someone liked at least the writing for those scenes where they cut away to it. I hated it. I hated The Big Short. So on our, on our uh, weekly not recommended, <laughs> The Big Short. I feel like you liked it. I remember a lot more than I did. Uh, yeah, I think I did like it more than you for sure. Yeah. Let's finish out with some 
recommendations for uh, the listeners. Uh, I'll go first. I think uh, this this weekend, uh, my wife and I have been watching Mind Hunter, a new show on Netflix, uh, directed by David Fincher. Really, he at least directed a couple of the episodes uh, about FBI agents in the late '70s, early '80s who are talking to serial killers who've been caught and trying to generate the first psychological profile uh, for serial killers. And I think they do a good job, you know, focusing on kind of the period and then digging into sort of that psychology and the mentality of serial killers who are pretty interesting portrayals by a couple of actors who I've never seen in anything else, but I think do a good job in this film or series. How about you? What's your... Any genre recommendation? Uh, Well, this week's is filmic, but also... Speak of the Devil related to the Big Short because someone that was in the Big Short won the Nobel Prize in Economics this week. If you remember, there's a cutaway to an economist who's super geeky and Selena Gomez and they talk about economic theory in uh, layman's terms in the Big Short and that economist is Richard Thaler and he's a professor at the University of Chicago and some of you may know I got a PhD in economics at the University of Chicago so I took his class from him uh, before he was in the Big Short, and he's done a lot of stuff on behavioral economics, um, and he's in the Big Short because he has a behavioral theory of finance um, about how people don't behave rationally. So behavioral economics is this critique of normal rational economics that says actually people are not perfectly rational, uh, they behave irrationally in a predictable way. And it made a big difference. It's had a huge effect on economics over the last 30 years, and he was a pioneer of that. Um, his class was very good. I like, I love behavioral economics. If you're interested in it, you should read his book that came out um, a year ago called Misbehaving. Uh, it's a super easy read. Um, you can just and he and what he does is he goes over the history of basically his role uh, in the development of behavioral economics. And then you can watch the big short and be like, that guy has a Nobel Prize. (laughs) Nice. Thank you. All right, that's all for the second episode of Two Brothers Review, American Made. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.